Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, unwanted pets and relatives, hello, welcome. It is I, Mr. Palumbo, your favorite social studies teacher with just above average looks, class, and style. And this is the Professor Liberty Podcast. So today's Wednesday and the jets are flying, so you might hear some flying jets in the background. That is, it could also be because of my poor uh, recording equipment. But today's Wednesday and I thought we would do something today. I was going over uh, this website. Uh, Well, you guys know what it is. It's Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. And I follow Merriam-Webster on Facebook. And today they put out 455 new words and their meaning. So I thought we could take a look at some of these and have some fun with this on a Wednesday. Maybe we'll learn something. So here we go. It says, we've added new words to the dictionary for October 2021. Among the new additions are ublek, and I hope I said that right, air fryer, whataboutism, FTW, and fourth trimester. Just as language never stops evolving, the dictionary never stops expanding. New terms and new uses for existing terms are a constant in a living language. All right, so let's scroll down here and see what they have. The first category is words from online culture and communication. They say, quote, we've been communicating online for decades now, and pandemic-related circumstances have only increased the practice. The quick and informal nature of messaging, texting, and tweeting has contributed to a vocabulary newly rich in efficient and abbreviated expression. So their first one is TBH, an abbreviation for to be honest. TBH is frequently used in social media and text messaging. Okay, this one, this next one kind of threw me through a loop. So we're supposed to be talking about text messaging, abbreviations, right, acronyms. And the next word they have is because. And I had to look at this twice. Because? I mean, I'm pretty sure because has been around for a while. But they're saying that because is changing in kind of a mockery way. They say this preposition use of because is versatile. It can be used, for example, to avoid devolving into overly technical uh, speech. So, and I think I've used this online. So here's here's an example. The process works because science. Or to dismiss an explanation altogether. They left because reasons. So that's a little weird. I don't know. I don't think that's changing because, but I'm not an English major, and that ignorance is going to come out in this podcast. The next one, FTW. The abbreviation is for? For the win. Used especially to express approval or support in social media, FTW is often used to acknowledge a clever or funny response to a question or meme. Next is deplatform. Ooh, I bet you everybody knows this one. Deplatform to remove or ban a registered user from mass communication because they're conservative. Oh, wait, it doesn't say that. From a social media network or blogging. Broadly, it's to prevent or having to provide a platform to communicate. So the president, President Trump, the sitting president a year ago, was deplatformed because he was saying things that were not nice. 
So who's in charge? The tech companies or the president of the United States? Next, digital nomad. Someone who performs their occupation entirely over the internet while traveling. Especially, such a person has no permanent fixed home address. A digital nomad. That's kind of cool. So now they're on to coronavirus words. Oh boy. As we all know, the pandemic story isn't over. And neither is the need for more vocabulary to describe the policy and research developments connected to COVID-19. So some of these I think we already know. Breakthrough. It's uh, when you get the vaccine and uh, it doesn't work. That's called a breakthrough. I'm kidding. That was my definition. Uh, Breakthrough. Infection occurs in someone who is fully vaccinated against an infectious agent. Well, that's basically what I said. Super spreader. These are those things that don't happen when they go to college football games and chant, let's go, Brandon. Uh, That's my definition. Here's one I didn't know. Long COVID, a condition that is marked by the presence of symptoms such as fatigue, cough, shortness of breath, headache, and brain frog, brain fog, not brain frog, which persists for an extended period of time. I've actually heard some people say that they've had that. Uh, They've had uh, especially fatigue. They've been uh, COVID positive and they've had fatigue for a long time. And then there is vaccine passport, straight out of the old authoritarian nightmare, right? Show me your papers. If you want to go somewhere, show me your papers. Vaccine passport, a physical or digital document providing proof of vaccination. Here's some words from tech and science. Bit rot, the tendency for digital information to degrade or become unusable over time. This kind of data degradation or corruption can make images or auto recordings distort and documents impossible to read or open. I think I've had this a few times. I've had a few documents in the past that were so old and they were a different Windows update or Google Doc update and then I went to try to open them up and they wouldn't open. Zero day of or relating to or being vulnerable, uh, let's see, that is discovered or exploited by cyber criminals before it is known or addressed by the maker or vendor. Zero day. That, that doesn't really... Copy pasta. <laughs> that's, that's what it says. Copy pasta. Data such as a block of text that is been copied and spread widely online. Copy pasta can be lighthearted memes or it can be more serious, such as political or cultural messages. Uh, let's see. Teraflop, a unit of measurement. Teraflop? A unit of measure, <laughs> a unit of measurement for the calculating speed of a computer equal to one trillion. The flop in a teraflop stands for floating point of operation. Okay, IT guys and gals out there, you're going to have to, I have no idea what a teraflop is. All right, words from politics. Okay, this is more my realm. Uh, This is from the website. Quote, the words connected with how we advocate for political positions and engage with opponents tell us much more about the state of partisan politics today. Terms of blame and deception are notable in this batch of terminology. 
And these are some weird words. What aboutism? So what aboutism is when you're being accused of something, you deflect and you say, well, what about this guy? He did this. Or what about this over here? They didn't get in trouble for that. So it's kind of deflection. Can you guys hear the jets? The next word in our politics section is Votorama, an unusually large number of debates and votes that happen in one day on a single piece of legislation to which an unlimited number of amendments can be introduced, debated, and voted on. Boy, that sounds like our government. Uh, AstroTurf. AstroTurf. Oh, I know what this is. This is to mock anything grassroots. Uh, I remember uh, Nancy Pelosi calling, I can't remember what the movement was, but it was a conservative movement, and she called it AstroTurf. Uh, let's see. This figurative use of AstroTurf um, is used to describe political efforts, campaigns, or organizations that appear to be funded and run by ordinary people, but are in fact backed by powerful groups. So many liberal movements funded by George Soros would be astroturf. All right, words from pop culture. Fan culture, enduring slang terms and fashion that may come and go while leaving terms that live on in reference. So they've got faux hawk, a hairstyle resembling a mohawk in the center ridge of the upright hair, but on the sides gathered and slicked upward, but instead of shaving, but instead of shaving. What the heck did I just read? Who who wrote? Okay, dictionary people. Okay, uh, you're gonna the the bar has to be a little higher because you're actually the dictionary. You know, you want to write things that are coherent. Uh, but basically, what I got from that sentence, besides a aneurysm, was a faux hawk is basically a mohawk that you just put a bunch of gel and hairspray in your hair and you spike it up and you don't have shaved sides. Now, how hard was that? Okay, next word, dad bod. A physique regarded by a typical average father especially one that is slightly overweight and not extremely muscular. Ah, the dad bod. That's something I'm trying to get, uh, oh, I'm trying to get away from the dad bod myself. And finally, rounding off, they simply say at the end of the page, other notable terms. They have stuff called doorbell camera. We need to define doorbell camera. Uh, you know, take a guess on what you think a doorbell camera is. Anyway, a small camera that is designed for use on an exterior door that includes or connected to a doorbell that is often has a built-in microphone or speaker. That's pretty, uh, pretty common here in Vegas. A lot of people have those outdoor cameras because we've got weirdos. All right, folks. Well, that is some new words that are now in the dictionary. Uh, officially, they're, they have new definitions, new words. And because we have a living language, the meaning of things keeps changing. I want to I end with a story. Here's some story time. Uh, the kids always love it when I pull a story out. I got an email today. And, it, you know, if you follow this podcast, we... Uh, we you I sell a lot of Professor Liberty activities and assignments 
and other things on a website called TeachersPayTeachers.com. And I got an email from TeachersPayTeachers.com. And according to TeachersPayTeachers.com, I am in violation of their content guidelines. And I'd like to read a little bit of this email. It says, quote, we are reaching out today about your resources and our content guidelines. We found that contents listed below do not comply with our inappropriate content policy. In this email, we'll provide information about that policy, your material, and next steps. Under our inappropriate content policy, we ask that teachers or authors, quote, not post content that intentionally or unintentionally disrespects, discriminates, or has an effect on marginalizing the experience, lives, or beliefs of others, or trivializes traumatic experiences. In reviewing your content listed here, we found that it does not comply with this policy. Okay, and I got hit with three big ones on this. Uh, the first one is uh, an activity that is part of my Analyzing Art series, and it's called The Landing of the Pilgrims at Plymouth Rock, 1620. Now, they say, Teachers Pay Teachers say, they're going to take this down because it, quote, resources where students write in first person to pretend to be or otherwise simulate the experiences of individuals or groups associated with traumatic events, unquote. So they're taking this down because it violates their inappropriate content. Now, let me read to you the questions on this assignment. Now, there's a picture of the pilgrims, okay? It was published by Courier and Ives in um, the late 19th century. And it used to be in a lot of American schools. There's a surprise. But anyways, it says this. How is the Native American in the picture reacting to the arrival of the pilgrims? Why do you think this is? Be specific. And in question five, it says, choose an individual in this painting and write a quick fictional story about his or her life. That's it, boys and girls. Somebody please tell me where is the offense? Where is the inappropriate content found in that assignment with those questions? And I want to say that there's no way to uh, appeal this. I have to make changes to this assignment or I cannot sell them on Teachers Pay Teachers. And here's the ironic thing. Here's the, here's, the, here's the ironic thing. They're trying not to offend people, but those questions as far as looking at the Native American in the picture and putting yourself in his shoes, does that not teach empathy? Does that not teach how to find a different perspective? Right? And then and they're shutting me down for that because I'm asking you to put yourself in someone else's shoes that might have been mistreated. Isn't that what education is all about? So by shutting this down, this, this, this approach of trying to empathize with another view, trying to look at history through another set of eyes, they're going to make more and more radical, uh, sensitive ideologues. You know, education is about looking at all the views, looking at all the aspects. If you can only look at one aspect, if you only accept one view, that's propaganda. That's indoctrination. Okay, so on to the next offense. Uh, I have, and this is probably one of my best sellers, it's called The Judicial Branch, 
due process. And here is the violation, quote, resources that include outdated or offensive terms to describe others, such as, quote, blacks, unquote. Okay, so I, I was pretty flabbergasted by this one. Since we're talking about dictionary today, I thought I'd use a big word. Uh, I was like, where did I use the word blacks um, in this assignment? And this assignment looks at all of the Bill of Rights that have to do with due process. Due process is that process the government must follow before they can deprive anyone of life, liberty, or property. So I had I couldn't find it. I had to do, what is that, control F in the document to find the word blacks. And it's in the answer key. It's not even in the assignment. It's in the answer key that I use to help teachers explain these topics. So the scenario was stop and frisk. Is stop and frisk violating due process? So the students, they talk about it. They talk about the pros and cons. They talk about the rights and wrongs. And this is a gray area. And here is where uh, they're taking my best-selling lesson down. This is what it says. Okay, you tell me if this is offensive. It says, quote, Even though the policy is credited with lowering crime, the primary concern here is racial profiling. According to fact check, so I'm, I'm even quoting somebody. These aren't even my words. According to factcheck.org, there are 4.4 million stops made by New York City police between January 2004 and June 2012. And 83% of them were made of blacks and Hispanics. That, boys and girls, is why they are taking down my best-selling activity on their website. Show me, tell me where that's offensive. How is that offensive? I'm simply stating, I'm actually quoting from another party, facts, data, data. And I'm talking about two different groups of people. But somehow that's offensive. And boys and girls, this is where we're getting to dangerous territory. We can't have a discussion because it might make you feel uncomfortable. But that's how you learn. If we are trying to insulate ourselves from all uncomfortable words and thoughts and ideas, we're not going to survive. And what's ironic is black people call each other black people. So who decided? Is this another one of these white elite liberal ideas? You know, like the Latinx who decided that we can't say Latinos because that's gender specific and yet Latinos mock that and they say, that's what we say. That's the language. Stop trying to make up new rules. And it's, I think there's an overarching theme with this podcast today, ladies and gentlemen. Words have meaning and words change their meaning over time. For example, I was going to work yesterday and I was listening to the news and they were talking about blah, 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 politics. And they were talking about people of color, people of color. People of color, you know, and I thought to myself when I was growing up and when I went to school, I never heard that term. I also never heard colored people. I never heard that term. I mean, maybe an old person and, you know, an older person might have said that, uh, but I never heard that term. And now there's this resurrection. There's this resurrection of people of color. 
Can you, can you tell me what the difference is between saying colored people and people of color? And I have to confess, guys, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to stay in the classroom. Because as the culture keeps changing words and changing what is appropriate and what's not appropriate and what you can say and what you can't say. I mean, at this point, pretty soon, even the word slavery is going to be replaced with some kind of innocuous, uh, you know, indentured servitude for people of color or something like that. And you guys, you can't have education. We can't educate our kids if we can't talk. So I don't know, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, let me end with this. I'm thinking about starting a website so I can I can sell whatever lesson I want to sell and I don't have to worry about the political correctness of the age. So look out for that. We'll maybe looking at launching a Professor Liberty website. Until next time, if you've liked this podcast, please give me a five-star rating. If you want to support me, go to TeachersPayTeachers.com and review my material and maybe buy a few things and tell TeachersPayTeachers.com that nothing I did was wrong. If you want to email the show, the email is ProfessorLiberty1776 at gmail.com. Until next time, go throughout the land and proclaim liberty. Liberty.